الحمد لله الحمد لله وكفى والصلاه والسلام على عباده الذين اصطفى اما بعد فاعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم يوم لا ينفع مال ولا بنون الا من اتى الله بقلب سليم قال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم الا ان في الجسد نمضا اذا صلحت صلح الجسد كله واذا فسدت فسد الجسد كله الا وهي القلب او كما قال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم مصفت بعنا كرام اللہ تعالیٰ اس فضل کرم اللہ تعالیٰ اس احسان اپرچونیٹی ٹو گیٹ ٹوگیدر مذاکرہ آف ایمان ویری ویری گریٹ فل ٹو اللہ تعالیٰ شکر فار دس اینڈ ٹوگیدر دیٹ وی ہیو ٹو بی گریٹ فل حضرت قاری صاحب برکاتوں brought us together. This is something which the value of it is beyond our imagination. In any case, this is the purpose of our gathering, that by this muzakara of Iman and what this Iman requires of us, what is the dictates of this Iman, This will, inshallah, bring some concern within ourselves, myself, and all of us, to improve this Iman. The thing that is the key to Islam, that is what we have gathered, we give it whatever of these names we wish, Islam, Tazkiyah, all this comes to the same thing, of how we can become the true servants of Allah Taala. The key to this is fikr, concern, and talab. Among other things, these are the fundamental things. To the extent of fikr and talab, a person will progress. Because the fikr and talab will drive him. And this is something that we learn from this Hawa'i Kiram, what concern they had within themselves about their Imani position and status. A very famous incident, Hazrat Hanzala radiallahu ta'ala he comes home and he detects a little bit of change in his heart in that condition that he had experienced in the company of Nabi Sallallahu <laughs> While in the Mubarak company of Rasulullah Sallallahu that enthusiasm that he experienced, that fervor of Iman that he experienced, he did not feel that same level of Iman within himself when he returned home. So this did not let him sit idle. He could not remain sitting comfortably at home. He left his home coming to look for Rasulullah But what is on his tongue? On his tongue is the fatwa against himself. Nafaqa Hanzala. That Hanzala has become a munafiq. Now this little 
change in the kefiyat, little bit of change in the condition of that very high spiritual state. Not that he had promoted any guna, he had left out any sunnat, he had been involved in any haram, or he was now indulging in some futility, or he missed out some namaz, or he missed out some takbir ula. Nothing of the sort happened here. It was just that that very elevated position and status that he experienced, that condition that he experienced in his heart, he felt this coming down a few degrees. So this was such a serious thing for him that he passed the fatwa against himself, Nafaka Hanzala. Hanzala has become a munafiq. And on the way he meets us Abu Bakr he says, how can this be? Hanzala becoming a munafiq? He says, no, this is it. And then he gives his situation that in the company of Rasulullah we feel the state of Iman that as if you can see Jannat and Jahannam in front of us. But when we come home and we start associating with our families and so on, we don't feel the same. The Abu Bakr says, but that's my condition. So this can't be left without being remedied. This was the essence of what they meant to say. And they immediately come to the company of Rasulullah and present the situation to Nabi Allah's Nabi consoles them that this is no nifaq, that this is something that you cannot expect that elevated position all the time. Being in the company of Nabi the reflection of the anwarat of Rasulullah would obviously have its effect on those who are in that company. But when the person is away from that company, obviously the direct reflection is no more there. The indirect reflection is there. But there is obviously the difference in being right in front of the light and being behind the wall. You can still see the light, the rays, the brightness, but it's not the same. So that is only the change in that condition. Don't regard it as default. But the lessons that we learn from this incident, the one lesson is this figure that the slightest change was detected. This made him so restless that he passed this fatwa against himself. So the question is within ourselves that does this figure to some iota also exist within us? If something has happened by chance, we must our namaz by chance or some mistake happened, does it make us restless? There's one couplet of Hazrat Khaja Aziz Hassan Majjub where he describes the condition of a true sadiq. A sadiq, person who is traversing the path of suluk, the sawf, who is actually on the road to reach Allah. That is the suluk. Suluk is the road to reach Allah. So this sadiq who is on the road to reach Allah, what is the condition of this true sadiq? So he says, describing this person, this, his heart, that if in this garden, this whole vast garden, meaning the heart of the Salik, he is describing it like a garden. And from this garden, 
khilale kam bohat, one little twig, just goes missing. Now a whole garden, forget the, all the trees, and then the branches on the trees, and then each twig on the branch, who's going to miss one twig? Like one little matchstick. But he says that the Salik's heart is such that if he finds this little change in his heart coming, there'll be a thousand griefs in his heart. What has happened? How did this change take place? Why did I retrogress? Why did I fall backwards? What happened? Why is my salah now suddenly not the way it used to be, perhaps? Or why my eyes are no more under control? Or what is the problem with my thumb? That I'm just talking anything and everything. What has happened to my akhlaq? Why am I slipping in? Whatever is going on, why am I not progressing? So, this figure, he once felt one slight change in the khushu in his salah. That the khushu in his salah lessened. Now, this slight change in the khushu in his salah lessened. That, that lessening that happened, he couldn't remain at peace. And he is now totally restless. And he is crying and begging Allah, Ya Allah, whatever wrong I have done, I have certainly done some wrong. Ya Allah, you forgive me for it. Open out the wrong that I have done also, so that I may refrain from this in future. The particular wrong that has become the reason for this deprivation. He often says that sometimes we say, I don't know what wrong I did. Sometimes something happens, we say, I don't know what wrong I did, that this happened to me now. So what we should be saying is, I don't know what wrong I didn't do. I don't know what wrong I didn't do, because there's everything wrong we have done. And unfortunately, sometimes even our rights are wrong. Because those rights also sometimes, how we do it? But it is the grace of Allah Ta'ala that if we make an effort, Allah Ta'ala will accept inshallah. But in any case, he became totally restless. He couldn't sit in peace. And he is crying, he is making dua, he is begging Allah Ta'ala. Eventually he is inspired. Now, this is not everybody's level and everybody's category. But those who are very close to Allah Ta'ala, Allah Ta'ala deals with them on their level. So he was inspired. That, that particular day when this whole incident happened and from then you are now in this condition, do you remember that that day when you made wuzu for your salah and you omitted the khilal of the beard? You omitted the khilal of the beard. So that became the reason. Now the khilal of the beard is not farz of wuzu, it's not wajib, it's mustahab. But a person on that caliber, of that caliber, on that level, when this mustahab also was left out, it brought this kind of consequence. But again, the lesson is that he didn't stay idle. That fikr drove him. That fikr made him be very restless. He carried on making dua, begging Allah, Allah, Allah crying to Allah, Allah, and eventually opened out. So the lessons we learn from these things is, one is from the lesson of Hazrat also, and this incident, that a person who is traversing the path to Allah, he is not carefree 
and careless that he couldn't be concerned about what goes on. This doesn't in any way mean that he will be somebody looking very grieved all the time. Sayyid ibn Musayyab rahimahullah was among the Sayyidun Tabi'een. Very great personality, great muhaddis and great Allah wala. His students say regarding him, Kunna nasma'u dihkahu bin nahar wa bukahahu bin layn. That we used to often listen and hear the laughing of Sayyid ibn Musayyab during the day. And used to hear the crying of Sayyid ibn Musayyab in the night. His days was with everybody. So why with everybody? He is the most cheerful person around. But his nights are with Allah. So what is inside the heart? That is doesn't mean that now a person will walk around in the state of grief. He will be one among others. But inside his heart will be Allah. Oh, سب کے ساتھ ہو کر کے بھی سب سے جدا رہے دنیا کے مشغلوں میں بھی وہ باپ خدا رہے سب کے ساتھ ہو کر کے بھی سب سے جدا رہے اللہ والاز their condition and kefiyat is when they are everyone with everyone even with everyone also they are with Allah Allah and though they are in the midst of gatherings they are still away from everyone in the middle of the gathering also they are alone with Allah Allah and yet they are as if they are one of everybody. So in any case, the lesson there is that to be concerned. And the other lesson was, when he detected some difference in him, he didn't sit down to self-diagnose what to do. What's the need for going to anybody or asking anyone? So he said, would have just sat down to diagnose himself self-diagnosis and self-treatment and carry on with life. No, that's not what he did. He felt within himself as if nifaq has come. He came running to Nabi Wasallam. This is my condition. And because he came and presented it, he immediately got the tasalli and the cons- consolation that no, you don't have to worry. Now this opened his heart out. This is the lesson that a person who is traversing the path of Islam, Suluk, this is not something to be sitting and diagnosing our issues on our own, but we have taken the guidance of somebody, then it requires that we keep that link, that correspondence. Without this correspondence, without this link, without making ittila of our halal, explaining our conditions, without asking for advice on what is going on within our lives, without them trying to implement that, then it will be namesake. We'll get some barakat, we'll get some benefit, no doubt. But the real benefit, we will deprive ourselves of. The real benefit will come when a person is constantly and regularly making ittila. He is explaining his halat, he's taking advice, and he's trying to implement it. And in this way, then one by one the issues get resolved in his life and he starts progressing. Nobody is a parishta, nobody is an angel, nobody was born a buzurg of the time. Illa mashallah. 
But this is the process that people have become from zeros to Allah took them to whatever levels. So when a person undertakes the process, Allah opens the way for him. The thing is, the two things, one is fikr, concern. So the extent of that fikr, this will make a person be asking within himself, what have I done? How am I conducting myself? Is my akhlaq in order? Is my mu'amalat in order? Is my mu'asharat in order? What about my ibadat? So he will ask within himself. And the speaker will then make him ask others. Then how do I sort it out? Ask those who he has taken as his guide. Then how do I sort this out? So when this will become our process, that we will be concerned about ourselves, our islah, asking within ourselves, what is my condition? And then presenting it. Oh well, this. Let me see how this becomes very easy. This is the process by which Allah Ta'ala opens the way forward. There is some mujahada in all this. But that mujahada is the way that Allah Ta'ala opens the doors of Hidayat. وَالَّذِينَ جَاهَدُوا فِيْنَا لَنَهْدِيَنَّهُمْ سُبُولَنَا Those who make the mujahada, Allah Ta'ala opens the ways of Hidayat for them. So, this is a very very simple thing. There is no difficulty in it. It might sound sometimes very very high-flying, especially the tasawwuf that our Hazrat Wala Ali taught, he said, Bas, ek sab kuch karo, ek mat karo. Don't do one thing, only do whatever you want. Where are you going to get it so easy? Bas, ek mat karo. Jo karo. Bas, guna mat karo. Only one thing, don't do, don't do guna. Don't get involved in sin. Obviously, this is a very comprehensive thing. Don't get involved in sin, leaving namaz out in its time. That is also sin. So it can include doing whatever is meant to be done and refraining from all the things that are meant to be refrained from. Some little bit of askar, tasbihat, which is the spiritual energy. And sahbat ahlullah and sahbat salihin. As simple as this. Person keeps up to these few things, inshallah the road is open way. But these few things we need to obviously take a little bit of effort to keep up to these few things. How difficult are these few things? Previously, the mujahadat that people made, we can't even imagine. Previously, one is very long ago. In recent times also, once traveling with him and he got talking about Hassan Sahib. That is not something we talked about centuries ago. This is something recent, past 50 years. So he says that once Hassan Sahib said to him, and this wasn't something, an isolated thing, it was a very common thing in that time, up to that time. Now our physical capacity is so weak that the Mashaif, they caution us from trying to even imitate this, or even try to imitate it. Because we would not be able to handle this. It's not for everybody. But until this 40, 50 years ago, this was a common thing. They told him once, while discussing something, because we were very close, and in a form of encouragement maybe. So he said, for a very long time, for a very long time, every day he used to fulfill the tasbih, sawalak, tasbih. 
125,000 times he used to recite this mezat. 125,000 times a day. And he used to start at night and he said around 100 times he used to finish. And in the winters of India, especially in that area in Delhi and so on, it is very cold in winter. Extremely cold, the minus temperatures. He says, but the heat that this used to generate used to be so much that when he would take a bath at that time, the water that would drip from his head, by the time the water reached his foot, that water would already be warm to. Cold water he would be taking a bath with. That cold water in winter. And the water by the time it reached his foot from his head, that water was warm. We shouldn't even try to imagine ourselves imitating anything like that. He made the azkar and tasbihat also very, very easy and simple. And a person shouldn't try to do more than what he has been prescribed without any mashwara. Many a times, people in their jazbat and in their enthusiasm and want to do too many things one time, but those that enthusiasm, as often it said, initially it is josh, then it becomes bosh, and after a few days, behosh. Now a person started off at 150 kilometers an hour, but before he knows, he's crashed. So that is not the way that things happen. Everything happens in a manner of Nabi Sallallahu has emphasized the re- aspect of constancy. That the most beloved of A'mal Jalla are those A'mal which are constant. Even though it might be comparatively little, referring to the Nawafil, the Tasbihat, the Azkar, the Mustahabbat. So though it might be in quantity little, but it's constant, that will open the door to more. But a person starts off at a high level one time, in a short time in between nothing. But that literally started off, constancy is the, is the key. And constancy brings barakat. One day a person made it, did his mamula, one day he didn't do it, five days he did it, three days he didn't do it. This brings a lot of bay barakat. But the constancy, sometimes he's not well, whatever, he did half. Sometimes he was very tired, he did quarter only. But he didn't leave it out entirely. This brings a lot of barakat. And then what seems to be sometimes things which we think are totally out of my reach. I don't think I'll be ever able to do certain things. Certain person is doing this kind of amal, etc. It seems totally out of my reach. But with the burqat of constancy, though on the quantity was little, constancy will open the door to all that. So the point was that we are talking about was fikr and talab. To the extent the person has talab, to that extent he will now move forward. And the lesson of talab we learn from the people of dunya. Because of the talab of dunya, day and night means no, nothing to them. Person doesn't mind sacrificing anything in the, that comes in the way of the dunya. If it is his own meal, also he sacrifices. It doesn't matter. Whatever comes in the way of that acquiring the dunya. The person who has made dunya his object is that talab of dunya is within him. That nothing will stop him. And even sometimes he will sacrifice his family, sacrifice his own health, and everything will be sacrificed. But the dunya must come. One person so busy 
is answering two phones at a time and then he's putting one phone down, the third phone is ringing already. So in that process, as he answered one phone and then took the second phone, and now he put one phone down again and now he's trying to dial a number and he's dialing but there's no dialing tone. Again he's dialing, nothing's happening and then he realized he was actually dialing on the calculator. <laughs> so this is how busy he was. That he didn't even know where he's dialing. Which size calculator is dialing on that and wondering why there's no uh, dialing tone coming. But in that hectic, and person says, I'm so busy, I don't have time to even eat. I'm so busy, I don't have time to go home anymore. So is that being that busy worth anything? That a person is so busy, he doesn't know what is his family, he doesn't know what is his own life. Now, after he spent his health and everything behind that wealth, now is the time when cover is in front. Now he's thinking, well, let me try and see what I can do with the wealth. So, that talab is actually driving him. When that talab for deen comes, the talab for akhirat comes, now this drives a person. So, what is the thing that will bring this talab now? That's a question. That is the sahbat of salihin. This is the thing that brings that talab. To the extent that a person will keep in the company of the Ahlullah, keep in the company of the pious, to that extent this talab transfers. This is not something that comes from, just can be bought on any supermarket shelf. This is something that comes from heart to heart. The kitab was said, nawaz was said, nazar se peda, deen hoti hai, puzrugo ki nazar se peda. It's neither from books on their own, or from discourses alone, or by spending money in something, the deen will come alive. Deen comes alive in the company with talab sadiq Nazar se peda, the Bashayik explained this to me, sohbat salihin for a period of time that he needs a good period of time, with talab sadiq And a person would be in the company of the Ahlul who will transfer. Then that talab which is in their hearts will come in our hearts. So, this is a very simple process and in this process, when this talab comes, this himmat comes with it. Many a times a person says, I want to do the right things. But these temptations are such that I just can't seem to uh, be able to overcome these temptations and I just become so weak in front of these temptations. How is this himmat going to come? This himmat comes also from nowhere else but the company of the Adam. When the company of the Ahlullah is adopted, it brings within us this himmat, this courage, that a person now is ready to do anything, but he is not prepared to break the command of Allah. He is prepared to give his life. Jaan Deti, Mene Unke Naam Par, Kapil Wazul Bala, Kapil Lare, Jaan Deti, Mene Unke Naam Par, that when a person is true, ishq of Allah has come, this muhabbat of Allah has come, and this comes from the company of the loves of Allah. When this true love of Allah comes, then he says, Jan Deni Mene Unke Naam. I am ready to give my life in the name of Allah, but I will not break his command. What happens? Whatever happens, then it happens. When there's true love of Allah, whether my life will go 
Whether anything else will happen, let it happen. Allah will not be displeased. Society will laugh at me, somebody will jeer me, somebody will mock me. You two want to become the Sufi of the time, you two want to become a person living in the Camel Ages, somebody would say something else, all kinds of comments somebody might make. Family people will become obstacles sometimes, near and dear ones will become obstacles. Where you want to keep your big long beard now? And all kinds of things. These are unfortunate things that are common occurrences, almost daily. Somebody or the other has a problem with immediate family members, friends, others, who become obstacles in his trying to become dini conscious. But when a person has this true love of Allah in his heart, then he says, Ishq ne socha na kuch Whatever is meant to happen, let it happen. Allah Ta'ala must not be displeased. Hazrat Muawiyah once wrote to Hazrat Aisha while he was the Amir al-Mu'mineen. He wrote to her and asked, please give me some advice and keep it short. Please give me some advice and keep it short. So she replied and the reply was very, very concise. First part she mentioned, Man talaba ridallahi bi sakhatin, Man talaba ridan nasi bi sakhatin la, Wakkalahu allahu ala nas, Man talaba ridan nas bi sakhatin la, That the one who will try to acquire the pleasure of people, want to make this person happy, that person happy, that friend happy, that person is offering me something haram, if I don't, because many times, Unfortunately, people say that many sins and many other things also which might not be outright sins but are not good at all. Say you can't really, it must be in company. I guess the more common thing is that many a person who's involved in smoking, you know that cigarette doesn't say, doesn't feel right if it's not in company. It has to be in company. So now somebody has a smoking habit. So he feels now, you know, you've got to share. So now if you don't share, now it's bad. So now he's offering them his, however he's in his company now, his friend. So now he's offering because his feel is un- incorrect now, you've got to share. And that person feels now, somebody offered me with so much of muhabbat now. Now break his heart. One person said to him, that sometimes in some, not necessarily anything, any sinful thing, but where sometimes some person is asking you to do something, but that is going to become a problem in your deen. If not now, later. So he said, Kabi, Dil Shikni ka khayal hota hai. Dil Shikni. Dil Shikni means to break the heart. Dil Shikni, to break the heart. I'm worried I don't want to break the person's heart. He's inviting me to come along with him somewhere, but now I'm not clear whether that where I'm going to go, there's going to be maybe all mixing up there, intermingling, whatever. Hazrat wrote back and said, Worry first about your deen mustn't break. Provided deen is not going to break anyway, then fine, then worry about don't break anybody's heart. Don't try to break anybody's heart. But you safeguard your deen. If in the process now somebody's heart is broken because he wants you to do the wrong, then you're not responsible for that. You look after your deen. Together with looking after your deen, look after other people's hearts also. But not at the expense of deen. So, now, person is being offered something, take it. So now before he knows it, 
He's taken something. And from where to where it leads. So, this aspect that Aisha wrote him, that the one who tries to acquire the pleasure of people, but in the process is incurring the displeasure of Allah. Now society wants that now there's a wedding, that wedding must happen in this way, this time. And all whatever else, the extravagance and the wastage. It doesn't happen like that. Now we have to hear a lot of things. We have to hear people's comments and poems. And somebody might say whatever. So now to make everybody happy, <coughs> making Allah Ta'ala unhappy. So what is the end result? Allah Ta'ala will hand him over to the people. Now they say you can make some people happy sometime and other people happy other times. But you can't make all the people happy all the time. That never happened. So now you're going to make one person happy, the other person is displeased. And you're going to make the other person displeased, the third person becomes happy, and the fourth person is displeased. How many times, because things are done, especially functions and whatever else, things are done to make people happy. Those functions unfortunately become the means of breaking so many families. Allah Ta'ala save us, how many times this happens? That that star-studded function became the means of people in that immediate circle breaking up and becoming estranged from each other for years thereafter. That which was meant to unite everybody became the means of dividing. Why? Because all the barakat was set out of it. And when the barakat was out, the rahmat of Allah Ta'ala was not with it. So there's no vacuum. When there's no rahmat, the opposite of rahmat will be there. As Aisha wrote this, that when the person will try to acquire the pleasure of people by incurring the displeasure of Allah Ta'ala, Allah Ta'ala will hand him over to the people. The end result is he lost out and deprived himself of the Rahmat of Allah Ta'ala and he can the people also. As Tamir Abdullah wrote an incident of Banya, very wealthy person, and he used to hoard his wealth. But now, when the time came for his daughter's wedding, he decided that now I, I have to make a name for myself. So he did everything in top style. And ten days before the wedding, he had all the guests all already invited at, the, at his place. Everything in the best style can be imagined. And now when the whole function was finally over, to top it all, he gave each person one Ashrafi. Ashrafi one that time used to be a gold coin. One gold coin each. After having done all this, uh, he did it to make a name for himself. So he needed to hear what time, how big his name is now. Oh, he's gone in neon lights now. <laughs> so as now the guests were beginning to leave, he sneaked out. And he went away way ahead and hid himself behind some shrubs or whatever trees on the road where everybody had to pass the road. Because now villages and so on. So as they would pass now, he wanted to hear, because the discussion would be fresh now. They just finished off the whole function and now they're going. So he would hear all his praises, because that's what he spent all his money for. So he went and hid himself behind. As he is now waiting, the first, that cart, horse wagon, whatever, came past. And he's hearing everybody talking about it. Talking now, and he can overhear one person say to the other, this fellow is so wealthy. All his life he never spent anything. Now the first time he spent, then to only give one gold coin. <laughs> if he gave two gold coins, what shot would have come for him? 
and he came in the house, one caravan went. As the other one came second, one cart came along, I came here. Every day was only seven cars. This fellow, all his life, he didn't spend anything. If he could put ten cars, one difference would be between. So every person that passed by, only thing he could hear was some negative comment. So he lost his dunya, he lost his wealth, he lost all his imaginary name, everything went away. So this is the result of time to acquire the, the happiness of people and the name of people, all this is futile. But then she says, وَمَنْ طَلَبَ رِضَ اللَّهِ بِسَخَةِ النَّاسِ كَفَاهُ اللَّهُ مَوْنَةَ النَّاسِ That the one who will aspire for the pleasure of Allah and try to acquire the pleasure of Allah. But sometimes, in the process, it might happen that he might end up displeasing some people. Not that he is going to try to displease anyone or not be concerned about people's feelings, not that. But he's not going to compromise on deen. He's going to be careful about people's feelings. He's going to be wanting to be very, very uh, cordial to everybody, to treat everyone in a very good way. He will be in the he will be showing the best akhlaq to everybody, but not at the cost of breaking the command of Allah. Not at the cost of doing things against the way of Nabi So now some people will be displeased with that. Some won't be happy with it. But if he then remains firm and steadfast, he says, Allah Ta'ala will take care of the issue of the people on his behalf. Allah Ta'ala will take care of this. Either they will, Allah Ta'ala will sort them out in whichever way. Or the day will come when they themselves, those who were now making those comments, those who were displeased, they will admit with their own tongues what you were doing was right. What you were saying that was correct. Whatever I was doing was wrong. Allah Ta'ala will open the person's heart someday and they will acknowledge. So we have to continue making the effort that is required of us. We are in that zamana, Nabi Islam said to the Sahaba Ikram that you are in a time that if you leave out 10%, obviously not 10% of what is first wajib. Person says 10%, 5 namazes in the day, so 10% meaning 1 namaz discount. If you go on that route just now, what is going to come? You have nothing left. Nabi Islam said to the Sahaba Ikram, if you leave out 10%, you'll get destroyed. A time will come when people will do 10%. That will be sufficient for their majat. So now if you say we do 10% only, 5 namaz only, 1 namaz, I mean 5, not 10%. So as it is, I was feeling guilty about missing fajr. So now I can be happy about it. As some people wrongly believe that fajr is mustahab. And on weekends it's maaf. So all these things obviously don't apply anywhere. This is referring to nawafil or referring to optional things, extra things. So the beast doesn't say the time will come when people will do 10% of the extra and this too will bring them onto the highlands. So we had that zamana already. Little bit of effort from our side and the very simple thing is that we hold on to the hand of the Ahlullah and they will guide us, they will take us around. This is something that makes life very simple to move. But it requires ikhlas within ourselves that we are not doing it for any other motive. The only motive is Allah. There must be no other objective, no other motive. 
mustn't be any sideline motives. Motive must be to achieve the love of Allah. And there must be talab e sabit. That is a true search within ourselves. Then we take the guidance of whoever we have, Alhamdulillah, we have gathered here, Qari Sahib, has made this possible for us to get here together. This will be in fact, maybe I'm jumping the gun to say it in this way, but a humble request from myself that this should be something that should continue at least once every quarter, if not more frequently, that this is a very, very great thing and a very, very useful and beneficial thing. This becomes the means of so much of inspiration, inshallah, in this short time overnight stay. Those who give the coffee to stay, by all means, you should try. This, inshallah, will become the means of spurring us on for not days and weeks, for months to come. But it requires this ikhlas, this talab sadiq and with this niyat of the sahabat of the pious. This is not even something that is necessary that we have to hear their words. On one occasion, in one majlis, he was perhaps not well that day, or whatever the case may have been. So he remained silent for the entire duration of that majlis time. For example, I say the majlis starts off at 10 o'clock and finishes off at 11. So it started off at 10, and up to 11 o'clock came and went. The whole hour came and went, and he didn't say one word. So everybody who was present, they remained sitting quietly. Finally, when the time was over, he said, gave the indication that now the majlis is over, you can go. So one person, he sighed and sort of <coughs> in a way indicating that whole oh, majlis we came, we sat, we heard nothing. So Hazrat sighed very deeply on that. And he said, Ah, you are not se fayda The one who cannot benefit from my silence, won't benefit from my words also. Towards the latter part of his life, when he would come to South Africa, used to be sometimes for several weeks continuously in Ringfontein as a Mahagrath place. So, on many occasions, Allah Tawfiq used to go. So, between Asr and Mahrib used to be the Majlis, many Ulama Ikram used to be present, Muftian Ikram used to be present, and <coughs> most of those Majalis used to be very silent. Occasionally, somebody would ask something, and would give some answer. And without fail, all these senior ulama, Muhammad and many other ulama, many others, they would be there daily. They would go once in a while. They used to be there daily, and daily used to be the silent majlis. And daily they would attend the silent majlis. What were they getting out of that silent majlis? on many occasions that we were present for that majlis. His majlis used to be after Asa. It was a small room, maybe about 15-20 people could be in the room at one time. So 15-20 people would be seated there. After about 10 minutes, the khatim would say, Achatiye, let the others come in. So these 20 people will wake up, other 20 people will come in, and between Asar and Maghrib, or four or five groups will get a chance to sit inside and none one of those people would often have heard one word. And this wouldn't be a daily thing. Occasionally maybe somebody else on a somebody would come and they had something to ask and they inquired something and they would give the answer. Other than that they would hear nothing. He would be either in his muraqaba 
or he would be busy answering some correspondence. But that silent Majlis people came and took a great deal out of it in Madrid. Those who wanted to take something, they came and took a lot in Madrid. Towards the last few years of his life, he hardly would utter any word in the Majlis. And the last, maybe the year, thereafter he couldn't even speak any word. But people would come and they would spend sometimes a short while and they would leave from there saying, I feel my heart got full. What was this? There's something generating out of it. But in order to receive what is being generated, you have to be true to the right frequency. There's something being transmitted. There's something being transmitted. But in order to receive what is being transmitted, you have to be true to the right frequency. Now the person has got his uh, receiver on, but it's not on the right station. So he'll hear some, maybe some sounds, whatever, some noises, or he'll hear nothing. But if his uh, receiver is on the right frequency, it's on the right channel, now he gets the full benefit of what he's been transmitted. He gets it loud and clear. All that is required is that our hearts be tuned incorrectly with the hearts of the Alumna. And being tuned correctly is that there's ikhlas, there's various digits on that receiver, so all those digits must be placed. So the ikhlas is there, the talab is there, and adab is there. These three things are there, we are tuned incorrectly. And inshallah, then we'll receive it loud and clear. And then even if there's nothing being spoken, we'll still be receiving. And when we leave, after a short while also, we'll feel our hearts full. And we'll feel suddenly a difference in our ibadat. We'll feel a difference in our dua. we feel a difference in our dhikr. Not that that is the maqsood or matloob in any way. Many a times people complain that I had some feelings, but no more those feelings are there. That are, we complain about it when we make these the objective. Is kafiyat and feelings are not the objective. As long as the amal are continuing, then the objective is being achieved. That is the criteria for progress. That the amal are taking place, a person is making the effort to refrain from guna, and he's constant in his amal, then he's progressing. Whether he feels anything or not, that doesn't mean anything. One person wrote was a Tamir and he said that I feel nothing. And people are sometimes crying, some people are something, and I feel nothing. Then say, Shukar karo. He might think, say, something where Shukar on. He said, You make Shukar for this. He says, You are, because of that, still making more mujahada and carrying on. So, Alhamdulillah, this has become a blessing for you. If you had been experiencing all these kafiyat, Allah was best, some pride might have come into you. Somebody else can handle it. Maybe you couldn't have handled it. Pride might have come into you. You might have started thinking great of yourself. Now you think nothing of yourself. That is the greatest thing. That you think nothing of yourself. Alhamdulillah. Allah has made this intizam for you that you are thinking nothing of yourself. Others have to go through so much of mujahada to come to this point. The point is that the amal is what is required and this requires <coughs> for the benefit of for the, for the himmat that we require to get this done. We require that talab. This we achieve the company of the Ahmed. May Allah Tabarak wa Ta'ala give me the tawfiq, Ka'ala was the tawfiq, that we become the true servants of Allah Tabarak wa Ta'ala. Allah Ta'ala bless us with this muhabbat, with this ishq. May Allah Tabarak wa Ta'ala 
accept all who have come that are making the means of our total Islam and